You know, there are some things in life I just don't get. Haley and I are um, are pregnant. Most of you guys, all of you guys know that, I think. Um, and every time I, I go to an ultrasound, um, I'm just I'm just blown away and amazed. When they put that screen up and they show that, that little baby in there, I, the first thing that goes to my mind is, is how did this happen? I mean, I, I mean, I get how, I get how babies are made. That's not what I'm saying, but but how did it happen? How did life, like two cells from two different people, come together and and the spark and you know the multiplication and and how it just developed and tr- traveled and. And the little heartbeat, and every time you go in, it's a little bit bigger, and it's a little bit more defined, and it's a little more, I mean, wrapping your head around that, uh, you know, maybe if you're a doctor, it's easy to understand, or if you've studied it, but it just, it blows me away. I I just don't get it. Car engines, I mean, I know they need gas and oil, but other than that, I just don't understand it. You know, how how does power leave that? contraption and and get transferred into some tires that move us down the highway. I just don't understand. Women, I mean, <laughs> men, we have no clue, right? We just, we just, we're easy to understand, but I, the complexity of it all, I just, I don't understand it. And today, today is one of those days that I just don't get. I mean, why? Now, now, when I ask that question, I mean, I understand the theology of it all. I've, you know, I've been a Christian for a long time, a pastor for almost twenty years. Um, went to college. I studied theology. I mean, I understand the theology of the cross. I understand the theology behind why Jesus gave his life. But really, not just my head, but really wrapping my heart around what Jesus went through today, I I, I just don't get. I mean, the betrayal. What, What Jesus was feeling and thinking is... His disciples are scattering. In, in one of the Gospels, it says that they grabbed the coat. It doesn't say which disciple, but they grabbed the coat of one of Jesus' followers, and he was so intense at getting away, the Scripture says that he ran away naked. I mean, that's how, that's how fiercely they were betraying and running from Jesus. The beatings... The, the rods, I mean, the, the description of it all. If you've seen the passion of the Christ, um, it's R-rated for a reason. I mean, it's overwhelming when you think about what happened, the crown that pierced his brow, the, the cross, all of it. I mean, if you look through the Gospels, they tried numerous times to kill Jesus. Um, at one point, Jesus is in the temple, and, and they say, who are you that you would teach to us this way? And Jesus responds, he says, he says, I am. And I can, I can probably think of that, okay, I am what? No, no, I am. 
And it says that the followers, the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees became so enraged because when Jesus said, I am, he was referring back to the moment when, when God said to Moses, hey, when people ask you who I am, you tell them, I am sent you. And so Jesus is saying, in that real clear moment, he's saying, I'm, I'm God in flesh. And the scripture says in that moment, everybody picked up stones to kill him. And somehow he just slipped through the crowd. In Luke chapter 4, verse 29, I think there's another story um, of where Jesus is teaching in, in, in a place. And, and they get so riled up with the teaching of Jesus that says that they drove him to a cliff with the intention of throwing him off. And it said that Jesus just slipped right through them. Even when he was being arrested, the, the story we just heard, Peter, what does Peter do? He grabs a sword and he pulls it out and he starts to fight. He attacks a soldier and, and Jesus stops him. He says, stop. This is what I came here to do. Actually, in Matthew chapter 26, verse 53, he's looking at these people. We were reading Mark's earlier, but he says in Matthew, he's looking at these people and he says, don't you guys think that in any moment I could call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? Now, Jesus is using a Roman term here. The legion was a group of 6,000 soldiers. He said, I could just ask God and he would put at my disposal 72,000 angels. If you ever want to look at the power of an angel, just look in the Old Testament and see some of the feats that they accomplished. He said, I could have 72,000 of them just like that. But he didn't. So why didn't he? When at the trial with Pilate, you know, he said the same thing. If you read all four Gospels, you get this impression that Pilate was looking for a reason to let Jesus go. He's like, he's doing everything he can. He's like, I don't want to, cru- this guy's innocent. I don't want to crucify this guy. I don't want to kill this guy. I mean, let's send him to Herod. Let's see what Herod has to say. You know, and he's just looking for a reason to go. In John chapter 19, he's getting frustrated with Jesus. He's like, Jesus, won't we, why would you just answer me plainly? Where are you from? The scripture says, but Jesus gave no answer. Why don't you talk to me, Pilate demanded. Don't you realize that I have the power to release you or crucify you? Then Jesus spoke. He said, you have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. So he said, Pilate, buddy, you don't have any power here. This is going to happen. Look, Pilate, I'm sorry that you were caught in the middle of what's happening here. Just just keep it moving. Jesus had control all the way till the end. All the way. All the way until he took his last breath. At the last moment he gave his life. I mean, it's intentional when the scripture says that he gave his life. They didn't kill Jesus. Jesus gave his life. Luke twenty three forty six. the last words that Jesus says, he says, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then the scripture says, and then he took his last breath. He had the power all the way until the end. 
So why? Why did he do it? Why did he give his life? Why did he go through what he did? Paul in Romans chapter 5 has a little bit of insight. I want you to listen to see what he writes. He says, therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought into brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing His glory. This next verse is my favorite. It says, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now most people, verse 7, we would be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies... We will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Why? What held Jesus to the cross? What drove him step by step? along the road to Golgotha, what gave him the courage to lay on the cross and allow his hands and feet to be nailed? What kept him there? When at any moment he could have said, enough. Look, enough's enough. Man, this this hurts too much. Enough. This is a crazy plan. I'm ready to go home. I mean, if it was me, we would have ended this a long time ago, right? It was me. It was you. It's us. It's our sin. It's our betrayal. It's our fallenness. It was our hope of being made right with God. We kept Jesus on the cross so that he could finish his good work for us. Paul was writing in Colossians. He says, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. Our sin, my sin, your sin, nailed to a cross. Our lostness was crucified with Christ. Sarah just sang the song, Were you there when they crucified my Lord? And the answer is yes. I was 
And you were too. We were there on the mind of Jesus as he gave his life so that we may be made right. Sometimes I need to remember. So do you. Sometimes I need to remember what it costs to live in view of God's grace and love through Jesus. And tonight we have a reminder for you. As Sarah continues to sing and closes out the service, we we just have a few nails here. And they're, they're just to remind you of what held Jesus to the cross. That these nails are to remind you that it wasn't a nail, but it was his great love. It was his redemption plan. It was his drive and his willingness to go step by step so that you and I can be forgiven and made right. So as we, after I pray, as we sing this last song together, I just invite you to come and take a nail. And maybe put it in the console of your car or stick it in your pocket or set it on your dresser or in your room. Just as a reminder. A reminder of God's love. Father, we want to remember. You know, in my heart, I just don't get it. I can't fathom the type of love that would drive a person, that would drive you, God, to give the way you gave, to love the way you loved. Father, I just pray that tonight and for the rest of my life, I would live in view of your grace. It wasn't just nails that held you to the cross. It was me. It was my sinfulness. It was your love and your passion for me that moved you to give your life. Father, I want to remember. Lord, I pray that all of us turn our eyes and hearts towards you, Jesus. And then in our own special way, we would thank you. We would tell you we love you. We tell you how grateful we are, God. We pray all these things in your name.